This podcast features adults drinking beer and using adult language. You've been warned. Welcome back to the Tasha Station Brewhouse, where we combine the three best things in the universe, Star Wars, sports, and beer. What is not to love? Hey, Keeks, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. Um, I just gave the boys a disclaimer, but uh, I am recording outside, so instead of uh, faint car city noise, it will be slightly louder car city noise, perhaps <laughs> also with, with some puppy noise in the background, as uh, I forgot about my dog sitting started today. That, that'll so. just give us a nice tap house ambiance today. It, that it, works. It's so true. I'm, I'm like sitting... I bring him with me anytime I watch this particular dog. I bring him like everywhere with me so that he'll be like a well-trained brewery dog by the time he's like five. Oh. Perfect. I mean, it's patio weather basically... Well, everywhere except for the plains right now, right? So, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you call where I am patio weather. Uh, we hit it's too hot for you to be outside, right? Yeah, we hit a high of ninety nine today in the uh, Greater Orlando area. <laughs> so it, it was very much cower inside. And uh, that other voice y'all heard was Dave Clark of the Tacoma Defiance, formerly Sounder of Sounder at Heart. Hi, hey Dave, how is it going? It's a it's a great day out here in uh, in Tacoma. Very nice. Uh, so I, I I do have to say before we go on, um, I became a soccer fan through the Sounders, and I became a Sounder fan through Sounder at Heart. So I get to actually thank you verbally for uh, Sounder at Heart. No, I I appreciate it. It was a uh, just over well about ten and a half years of uh, my life. That is uh, that's like. A hundred years in uh, in like print lifespan. <laughs> a ten year old blog is uh, with the same managing editor is uh, not normal, but uh, yeah. Ah, very cool. Well, Dave, we are super excited to have you on. And uh, as per tradition on this show, we start out with uh, what we've been drinking lately. Uh, Cakes, let's. Uh, what what have you been enjoying? Well, it's been warm, so I haven't actually been drinking uh, a ton of my usual super hoppy IPAs. Um, I mean, I've been drinking some, but uh, not as many as I normally. I just come on here and talk about all the IPAs I've been drinking. Um, yeah, I've been drinking cheap shit beer, man. Um, I've been drinking a lot of Rainier. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of like Radlers, um, but. Other than that, I did want to take an opportunity. So we moved pretty recently into a, a house, and in our new neighborhood, um, we talked. Uh, I think we touched on this on Book Wars Pod. Um, but there's a new. It's not new. It's new to us. Uh, there's a tap house in our neighborhood called Imperial Tap Room, um, and I just wanted to shout them out. They're an amazing local business. Um, they have an amazing tap list. Uh, and it's just constantly rotating. And so they're a tap house and a bottle shop. Um, they always have really interesting stuff on. Um, usually only about like a third of their menu is like ales or IPAs, which is a little bit out of the norm here in the Pacific Northwest. Usually you'll kind of see half and a half. Um, but they're wonderful there. And I realized that they're called Imperial Tap Room. Um, after like the Star Wars Imperials because they have the little like <laughs> Imperial Star thing in like slit you know low key engraved in like the bottom of their cups, which we noticed. I was like, this is not Disney approved, but this is amazing. <laughs> How thematically appropriate for this show. Yeah, so we've just been uh we've been hanging out there a lot. That's where uh, we watch a lot of basketball, which I know we'll be talking more about later. Um, but yeah, at the moment I am. Way out of uh, way out of my depth here. I'm having a, an incline cider uh, in blood orange, and I believe this. Usually, I like know so much about every. Okay, so this is an Auburn, Washington. So I'm drinking a Washington cider, which is appropriate 
given our guest. Um, but yeah, it's delicious. It just says, peel into a can of the distinct blood orange. Perfect blend of 100% pressed apples, br- blood orange, elderberry, and our signature blend of hops. Big citrus notes, little haze, the cider packs a heap of character. Cheers. So I'm going to say I'm allowed to drink it on the pod because it's got hops in it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, but it's uh, it's delicious. It comes in at uh, 6.5%. Um, and it's... Uh, it's just really delightful. It was like left over in my fridge. Um, I have a lot of like gluten-free friends, so we tend to have a, a ton of cider in the in the fridge. And uh, I I went in there and I got a Rainier and one of these, and I said those sound good. So on this hot day, a good good solid choice. Uh, Dave, what what have what's been on your palate? What have you been enjoying lately? I wanted to switch things up lately uh, because I had no IPAs at home, which is kind of weird. Uh, my last full-time job was actually as a beer distributor, and I have been working through uh, basically the samples that I left the company with. So a lot of heavy stuff, but recently I, I wanted to switch to an IPA because I didn't have them, and I picked Asgard from Odin Brewing. They're out of uh, Tukwila, and uh, basically I picked it because uh, – I'd watched Endgame recently, and so um, I liked Dad Bod Thor, and I, I just wanted to continue that theme. So it's a classic Pacific Northwest-style um, IPA, so not hazy, crisp, hoppy, you know, a little bit more malt than you'll get in, say, the, the, Calif- the Californian stuff that came out of the 90s. But uh, good and refreshing, and... Uh, when I when I drink or when I enjoy food, I like it to put me in a specific place or or mood or bring back a memory. And so uh, in this case, it, it makes me think of uh, you know three hours and one minute that I was able to to hold my bladder. In. <laughs> what a great place to be! <laughs> Just a fantastic place to be. Uh, I I'd, I'd heard about the Asgard IPA, and I am going to have to try and see if I can track track one down somewhere, because uh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, their more well known stuff is an imperial stout called Thor's Hammer, mm-hmm. and I, that one's available in twenty twos, I think, throughout the Northwest at the very least. Um, and it's one of those, you know, big. I mean, it smacks you in the head. It's Thor's Hammer, so um, but. Asgard IPA is quite good. They they do some other stuff. The, their tap room is uh, if you're ever in the Seattle area is just outside of South Center Mall. Oh, that's great to know. Yeah, that is good to know. I might have to hit that up the next time I'm there. You keep saying that, Brian. I there's so, come visit, please. There are yeah, so many miss tap rooms I need to see, and yeah. Um, uh, I will get I will get back out there. Uh, I'm gonna have some obligations soon to get back out there. <laughs> uh, listeners, if you didn't know, my wife's pregnant, uh, so uh, yeah, I'll be making a return trip to see family before too long. Uh, as for me, um, so last time we were on, uh, you you might remember I had. A Copper Tail Unholy Triple, which I described as tasting like the underside of a lawnmower. Yeah, you said you didn't like it. It was terrible. I think I may have just had a skunked batch, uh, because I was at a Rays game a couple weeks ago, and my options were the Unholy Triple or a Miller Lite. <laughs> so I went with the Unholy Triple again, and it was much better. <laughs> I don't especially for the money, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, nine bucks for a for a Miller and ten seventy five for the unholy. Uh, yeah, it was, was it much at least better. Like twenty this ounces. Time. Uh, this yes, is one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, it, See, it, that's it was a not twenty. That bad. No, no, that's not that bad. Ten seventy five. And no, I I I don't know what was with the uh, last uh, the last batch I tried, but no, this one was much better, way more balanced. Um, and just a much more pleasant drinking experience. Um, also, uh, I've been enjoying the Funky Buddha Manhattan Rye PA. Uh, pretty much what it says on the tin. It's a it's a very rye forward IPA. Um, and uh, I was at uh, my favorite little tap room in Daytona 
uh, last weekend, and I enjoyed the Dogfish Head Raison d'Etre, uh, which was a 16.9% uh, just monster of a beer. Um, quite good, quite strong. <laughs> Did That's you like kind it? kind of their, their fortitude is the, uh, the sipping beer. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got some great sipping beers. Um, like every now and then, uh, they'll have, uh, Dogfish Head 120 on tap, and that is one of my favorites to just get and nurse for a while. Um, I'm glad I only got two beers that day because, uh, yeah, that uh, that Dogfish Head uh, packed a punch. Um, the other thing I tried lately was a Windsor UK barley wine uh, that I got as a Pico pack uh, and brewed myself, and it came out fantastic. It's first barley wine I'd uh, tried brewing. Um, so if you've got a Pico, uh, that one's available in the Pico pack shop and is one worth trying. Where's Windsor out of? Uh, that is a great question. Sorry, um, I'm do- I don't mean to put you on the spot. Windsor UK Brewery. So it's UK. Yeah. Uh, that's, most- that's mostly what I was asking. I was like, is there a Windsor here that I didn't know about? Or I, is it the one in... Yeah, I, I'm okay. pretty sure it's it's uh, the one in the UK, um, but okay. th- it's the most interesting Pico pack I've gotten from them, and I would put it high on the list of uh, brewer packs to order and try. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, as soon as I get my shit together, we're opening the Pico pack. We already got our first pack, so. Oh, you! Uh, I yeah. saw that you ordered. Um, yeah. Our, <laughs> our uh, non endor or our Endorian non imperial IPA. Yeah. <laughs> which for my for my money is the best one we've done yet on the show. That that's what I remember you saying, and that's awesome. I'm I'm really excited to, to brew it and try it, so it should be fun. Uh, that I mean that beer is definitely for IPA trash like us. Woo! uh okay shall we talk about some sports Ugh, if we must uh i'll just go really quickly the sounders started off great then they got hurt the mariners started great then they became the mariners (laughs) that's that's true that's true that is true uh we don't we never like to see people get hurt even if it is seattle uh, Get well soon, Jordan. Get well soon. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Keeks? Um, it was very exciting here for a while because the Blazers made it to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2000. So that was very lit. Um, they did get swept, <laughs> so that was less exciting. Um, but, but Golden State going to Golden State. Um, it was really fun. The whole city was into it. Um, yeah, I've never lived in a city where the basketball team made it that far. Um, and I've been a Trailblazers fan for close to 10 years now. And it's great to to see them able to do that even after losing Nurk. So we kind of, a lot of people thought their playoff run was going to be s- severely uh, dampened by that. And it, w- it was nice to see their... They're a very cool, very great group of guys, and um, they're very beloved by the city. So it was it was really cool to watch them go to the Western Conference Finals. Um, okay, I suppose I have to talk about soccer now. Uh, I don't want to talk about Manchester United. It's like the most <laughs> depressing fucking thing in the world. Like it's I just the the end of their season this year is what I I just I can't talk about it. If you don't know what happened, just go look it's very depressing um i am super excited for the homecoming of the timbers and the thorns though which is this weekend um they for those unacquainted with the city which why would you ever know this um they've been working on expanding providence park which is uh the stadium we've got here um the soccer specific stadium we have and that was formerly uh, a baseball stadium Yes, but it's a soccer-specific stadium. I swear to God. <laughs> um, yes, there. Well, it was a terrible baseball stadium for what it's worth. Um, 
just a terrible place to watch a baseball game. Um, but so they expanded uh, because the wait list for the Timbers is very, very long for season tickets. Um, and also, you know, we wanted to keep it in the city if we could. And that's what they ended up doing. So um, both the Timbers and the Thorns started off this season with a long road trip. And they will both be back in town for their home openers this weekend. So I will not be at the Timbers because I don't have unlimited money for that ticket. Um, I'm a Thorn season ticket holder, so I will be there for that. Uh, I did go see T2 last night, um, which is our USL team here. And uh, that was the soft open, right? That was yeah. yeah. There so that yes, you I know you know. Um, <laughs> so there were two soft opens. They T uh, two played on Saturday, and then they played on or they played on Sunday, and then they played on Wednesday this week. Um, and so we got to see the stadium. It's not like totally you know not everything was open. Blah blah blah. Um, but we did get to kind of see how everything looks. The video boards uh, I was particularly impressed by. Um, but I think they just did a, a really good job. It still feels like Providence Park, um, just bigger. So that was uh, a really cool thing. And I'm so excited for the Women's World Cup, even though that means the Thorn season is going to be weird and interesting. <laughs> no, but the Women's World Cup is going to be awesome. It's going to be it an... fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, you get to watch... Uh... It gives you an excuse to like day drink, basically nine a.m. and noon games oh, um, for like it's a month. Incredible! Yes, it's the best. It's not quite as early as the men's World Cup was, which was great. <laughs> um, we love to see that, and just a lot of really uh, good players um, from our domestic league here, the NWSL. Um, yeah, it's just going to be awesome. I'm excited to see uh, Amandine Henri, who's a former Thorn, uh, kick some ass for the blues so les bleus um yeah i'm scared of france they're scary yeah i think this is the the women's world cup is kind of open a little bit because uh there are probably six or seven teams that could wind up in the uh semifinals yeah where um i don't know that that was true you know that australia could make a semis run england again Germany, Sweden, France, obviously the U.S., um, who am I forgetting? And then Japan, I think, is the other yeah. one that I think is, remains strong. So yeah. it's a, it's going to be a real, like, it's tight. Like, people are like, well, the U.S. is going to make the final. And I'm like, mm, I'm not going to be not overconfident. Necessarily. <laughs> yeah, a, bun- uh, a good number of my friends are going over there, some of, some of them for the whole time, and some of them just for the semis and the finals. So it'll be interesting. Um, the good thing is they're not all, none of them are fair weather U.S. fans. They would all like to see the U.S. go to the finals, but they're all just lover of, uh, of women's football. So it should be uh, awesome. I can't wait to see all their Instagrams and all that stuff so I can be super jealous while I pretend to work and watch the games. Yeah, this tournament is going to be so open. It's, it's going to be the kind of tournament where... If you've got someone who isn't necessarily a soccer fan yet, curious maybe, you have them watch this tournament because I there's going to be it just has the feelings of a, a of one that's going to have a lot of really interesting stuff happen. Yeah, I don't want to get too up on my soapbox. I wish that um, U.S. soccer, as per usual, was doing a better slash different job of um, kind of getting the lesser known players out there who are going to be key, like Lindsay Horan and uh, Tobin Heath, who are going to, if, if they play well, the U S will play well. And if they don't play well, it's going to be a big problem for us. Um, but you know, obviously you don't see them in any of the commercials or the, you know, marketing, but you know, we got Pino and we've got Alex Morgan and all, you know, the usual suspects. Carly Lloyd is from the grave somehow scoring, 900,000 goals a game or whatever she's averaging. <laughs> Never count so Carly Lloyd out. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely true. And uh, she keeps reminding of that, us of that, you know, throughout this send-off series. So, yeah. She's like, don't forget about me. You know, say, same with Christine Sinclair of Canada. She, I think they might be the same age. Correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody knows. Um, 
but Christine Sinclair is like, oh yeah, I'll play every single game and start every single, every game and I'll kick ass. Great. I'm 35 for 36. And she's still one off the record for uh, women's goals in national team play? I believe so, yes. Yeah. So, so basically, she's, she's going to go <laughs> until she breaks it. That's a yep. driving motivator for her. For sure. And it's funny, she still starts for the Thorns, like a 35 or 36-year-old striker. It's just really funny. I think she played like every minute for us last year or something like that. Or something crazy, you know, like three quarters of the season, she played all the games, ninety minutes. So good grief, that's wild, in, wild that's time. insane for a forward, let alone a thirty-five-year-old yeah. forward. No, yep. She there's a reason we love Christine Sinclair, um, and she's also like she's not she's obviously not Northwest born and bred U.S. wise, but she's from Vancouver and she did her uh, undergraduate at uh, University of Portland. So hey, she's just like a. They, we love her here. We, we want to build a statue for her. It's part of Cascadia. We'll take that. Yeah, that's right. Totally. Yeah, so that's that's what's going on in my sports world. I'm just excited to have soccer back in town because it's been fucking lonely here without it. It's uh, such a big part of the city, and all of us have been chomping at the bit to, to get back into the stadium. So it's really exciting. And I know the Timbers are actually, like, really good. Like, people... They went on a road trip, and they, uh, I think I did the math. Um, their away record would be good enough to be seventh in the league by home record. Like, their 14 points on the road is just unreal. Uh, yeah. And so they did it, it. Yeah. Yeah, and their I haven't, their I haven't been following them as, as closely as, as I should because I'm just, I've, it's so hard to get to the games here. It's such, like, a different thing um it's so intense compared to the thorns and i'm like won't i i've been to a ton of timbers games but now i'm just like i'm tired this is so much <laughs> i'll go out and watch the games but uh, yeah yeah uh, the... i've heard i've heard that they've been doing okay <laughs> uh, what, what's scary to me is they're they're because of the uh work at the, at uh, your park um the timber schedule is so backloaded with home games they uh yeah. They're they're gonna they're gonna be frightening down the stretch. That's our hope. They'll find a way to fuck it up, but that's the hope. <laughs> uh, that's sure my hope. <laughs> All right, get out of here, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, this is uh, this is obviously where we're gonna let you plug the really awesome stuff you're doing and have done uh, with uh, really soccer in the Northwest. Oh, uh, well, right now I, uh, I do soccer content for Tacoma Defiance, the USL championship team that is uh, part of the Sounders organization. And unless you're like deep, deep into soccer, you, the stuff that is interesting and fun, I, I've done a, a lot of creative nonfiction there. We, uh, we call them Heroes of Defiance, and they're basically the people in Tacoma that make Tacoma unique and interesting. Um, so like Thea Foss, who founded Foss Maritime, this massive tugboat company, she happened to be afraid of water. So naturally she lived on a houseboat and founded a tugboat company because she's afraid of water. Um, so stuff like that, um, stuff like there used to be a bear that lived in a bar and would drink, just wander around town and sidle up to a random saloon and enjoy a beverage. So we basically turned him into an adult mascot. So the, the, ma- the mascot for oh Tacoma God. Defiance is a drinking bear. Um, this is such a Tacoma we, thing, and I love yeah. it. Um, and so we've done some live appearances uh, at some of the, the places around Tacoma, and he just hangs out in the game um, and enjoys the beverage and talks to you about soccer and Tacoma history so that we do some fun stuff. Uh, and then if people who are familiar with what I did at Sounder Art, I pay a lot of attention to the Academy and the, uh, those or the development and the youngsters. So we write about that. Shannon hope out. Justin Dillon just went on a four. He's scored in four straight games now. Um, so 
There's been a lot of Justin Dillon stories, particularly because he scored in 9.17 seconds. So I did the, uh, we called it the fastest oral history for the fastest goal in league history. Um, and, you know, just like a quick, like 500 word thing about how the goal was conceived and executed because uh, scoring in 9.17 seconds in soccer is it's unreal. It's um, crazy. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the short version of what I'm doing with Tacoma Defiance. Uh, I'm still on the color broadcast uh, there as well. Uh, last year, they invited me to do that before I was part of the organization. And I'm like, you know, I'm just a blogger who likes D&D and science fiction metaphors way too much. And they're like, that's fine. I'm like, normally you want a <laughs> former player. And they're like, well, we want yeah. you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's kind of how I started to fall in love with the organization because that's a, a lot of trust and, uh, and it's unique because uh, most other teams, their color analyst is a former player. Uh, we have James Riley around quite a bit. Um, MLS Cup winner, former Sounder, former Galaxy, former New England Revolution, former Chivas USA. Um, but to put your trust in somebody who, I've been an off-air talent in radio, but not non-air talent, uh, just showed a lot to me. And so when they approached about the, the position to write about soccer all the time i said absolutely they're like can you love tacoma and i'm like yeah that's pretty easy too so, that yeah. is that, really that's cool. amazing yeah you you've done a lot for uh, i mean you know this but you've done a lot for uh making soccer what it is in in the pacific northwest and m- much as i would like to give you grief for uh being part of the sounders organization it's just uh it's a really cool, cool thing, and we thank you, even here in Portland. Wow. Don't let Stumptown Footy hear that. They'll go <laughs> off. <laughs> Their readers were not really fans of mine. Uh, Although the writers there generally like me. I was going to say, I know some of the writers there, and they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I know the, uh, like, K-Best and Tyler are, are the ones that I talk to the most, and they're, they both mostly do thorn stuff yeah and then uh, the, they're the ones who i know and and yeah. caitlin's just a, a a lovely person as well so it does not surprise me that she's treated you kindly <laughs> well she's a fellow D dork though i think she moved to yes. a, a more story-based <laughs> game i think i was but yeah we, we <laughs> did do a lot of D chat i think i convinced a lot of sb nation writers to try D for the first time over the past oh, couple awesome. of years yeah i do trivia I do trivia with her occasionally, and she's uh, she's very fun and very knowledgeable. Oh, that'd be great. About a lot I'd... of things. <laughs> I'm going to yell at Susie to see if she can hang out with you guys, because uh, Susie Rantz, who writes for Ride of the Valkyries, moved down to Portland lately. Oh, cool. And I know in in men's soccer, that would be like, don't tell anybody, but in women's soccer, it's, uh, like, it's pretty awesome, because people are a lot friendlier. I've noticed. No, notably, famously yeah. friendlier. <laughs> Even in with the you know the the rain thorns rivalry is still strong. It's just not one where people are spitting on each other and throwing trash <sighs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Correct. And we thank women's soccer for being like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah, listeners, if you are not following women's soccer, you are missing out. All right, so... It's a great time to get into it. Women's World Cup. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Watch the Women's World Cup and then know that in uh, late July, uh, nine cities across the U.S. will get to see basically all of the best players from the Women's World Cup. Some of the teams around the world like the the club teams might be better than nwsl teams but there's no league better than the nwsl like of the top 20 teams in the world nine of them play in the nwsl yep and uh portland is losing just so many players to all 
of the teams, not all of the teams, to the US and, and Australia mostly, but just, we're so super fucked. <laughs> yeah, sounds Rain like lose. <laughs> Rain FC lose eight Oof. in the World Cup. Ay, ay, ay. Ouch. Oh, that's, that's going to be rough. But it's going to be weird soccer and it's going to be great. World Cup years are always weird and fun, so I'm also excited for that. Uh, get get your excitement on. It's going to be some good soccer time. All right. What do y'all say we brew a beer? Yay. Okay. So, I'm per tradition, we start with let's select a Star Wars thing, event or character. And Dave, you've already got one selected. Yeah, I was really intrigued by this concept. So, I wanted to go with uh with Wicket uh I want an Ewok um, because I thought it'd be interesting to consider a beer inspired by uh, midget cannibals. <laughs> Love it. Uh, perfect. Okay. So we're going to do a Wicket W. Warwick beer. So over on the Freestyle Crafter, there are a bunch of base recipes we can choose from to kind of get this going. Um, there's an Imperial Stout, an American IPA, an American Pale Ale, an American Porter, an American Amber, a Lager, a Saison, a Vice Beer, a California Common, and a Hazy. So what kind, what kind of style is Wicket? Yeah, there are, there are several really... Interesting <laughs> options to go with there. I might, I don't know. I kind of lean, I think of the options that I heard. I might go American Pale. Okay. I don't feel like, I don't feel like he's hoppy, but I still want some of that, that crisp, uh, light body kind of thing. Got it. So an American Pale, yeah, that looks like a good place to start. So, uh, the Pico gives us kind of a base recipe that we can then modify to our heart's content. So, right now it's using um, 60 ounces of American two row and uh, 60 ounces of, uh, or uh, sorry, not 60 ounces, four ounces of uh, Crystal 60L. So, we can add a bunch more grains to this uh, if we want. Um, we've got options like Maris Otter Malt, Pilsner, uh, Chocolate Malt, um, Flaked Oats, Roasted I, Barley, and Rye and Vienna Malt. I kind of feel like some rye because I I, to me, um, rye uh, gives you some of those kind of woodsy notes through the malt that, you know, makes in some ways of the of the grains rye to me is it has some of those same natures that you get from from trees from leaves like when you're out on a hike through the woods okay being chased by a midget <laughs> in fur uh the murder bears so, okay, so I've started here by adding uh, six and a half ounces of rye. So we've got kind of this hoppy, deep amber pale right now uh, that's got uh, some rye, citrus, and floral notes. Now, we can uh, add more rye to this if we want, if we want to make it a little more rye forward. Uh, I think that I think that, that moderate rye is probably good. Okay. So our breakdown here on the grains right now is 60 ounces of American two-row pale, uh, four ounces of crystal 60, and six and a half ounces of uh, rye, which uh, then brings us to our hops. Uh, so the base recipe here uses um, Summit is the Bittering, uh, Cascade and Centennial for flavor and Cascade for aroma. Uh, we do have other options here. Um, let's see. Citrus, Saz, uh, Simcoe, Northern Brewer, and Amarillo are uh, hops choices we can add to various stages here. I feel like some Simcoe belongs in there. If I'm, my memory sit, well, I'm testing my, my beer drinking memory because unfortunately beer affects your memory. Um, Simcoe might hit with a little bit of those pine notes, if I'm remembering correctly. 
Yeah. Like I feel like that should be part of it. Yeah, let me hit my little cheat sheet here. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, pine tones we can uh, get in there, so we can uh, we can throw that in on the bittering flavor or aroma. So um, anywhere in there will probably get us a little more of the pine tones. Probably aroma. You don't want it. pine can be uh, a little overpowering. Little, uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add 0.2 ounces of the uh, Simcoe here uh, for the aroma. So, so uh, the breakdown that uh, we've got this recipe we've modified. It's 0.6 ounces of Summit in the bittering. 0.2 Cascade for flavor. 0.2 Centennial for flavor. 0.3 Cascade for aroma and 0.2 Simcoe for aroma. Uh, so let's see if the uh, little mo- uh, always modifying description field now gives us flavors of rye, citrus, and floral. Highlight this high strength, deep amber pale ale that is dense and hoppy. So let's see if we wanted to make it a little less dense, we could take away, go back to the grains and take away some of that two row to uh, get the gravity down a little bit. I don't know. I think Endor's a large moon. <laughs> it, it is indeed a large moon, so maybe higher gravity works there. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would question is maybe there's a little too much centennial because it keeps talking about uh, hoppy and citrus notes even after adding the Simcoe. So maybe back down those uh, centennial a little bit. Gotcha. Let's you want to pick up here. something more woodland. Okay, so I've actually taken the Centennial out entirely from the flavors, so we're just using 0.2 ounces of Cascade. Uh, so uh, we've got a, we've still got the Deep Amber Pale Ale that's solid-bodied and and uh, somewhat hoppy, uh, but we've still got the uh, rye, citrus, and floral in there. Yeah, that that seems like something Wicket would enjoy. I, I, I would, would drink that. That sounds that. delicious. <laughs> this does sound delicious. I can't wait to order this one. Um, so the yeast that um, the yeast that Pico ships with this one is an Amer- an American ale yeast. But with anything, you can always go to your local ha or your o- local uh, homebrew shop and get your own yeast. So Dave, you mentioned something pre-show on a yeast you'd like to use on this. Well, I think if I were doing this like at a commercial, um, I would use some of their wild yeast, um, experiment with something like a sour, uh, just because if I were to go full on at like a, uh, a brew and inspired by Wicked, you, you have to take into fact that they're wilderness creatures. They're not urban. They're not developed, the, you know, the purified strains, instead the, the freedom and the funk that's offered by a, by a wild yeast would seem appropriate. But uh, when we were chatting, I didn't know if uh, the Pico Brew would be able to, to do wild yeast at all. Uh, so as long as you can get the, as long as you can get the uh, powdered yeast, a powdered yeast that you can throw into the keg mm-hmm. after, um, after the mash or after the warts cooled overnight, you can use that. So uh, they, oh. they ship, they ship up, pack they think would fit the beer well but you could use any yeast pack uh, uh after the warts cooled nice. off so uh yeah if you were to buy this they would ship you the american ale yeast i however when i order this am going to try and track down a packet of uh wild yeast to try for this one sounds amazing because then it's going to get a little like saisani oh yeah, yeah i love which i love in like an uh I just love that that type of fermentation with an ale. I think it just is interesting, but still like totally drinkable and not so not so totally sour and horse beer like. <laughs> uh, yeah, the saison vibe I am here for. Uh, so we could also do a dry hops phase, um, if we wanted to, where, uh, same selection of hops, Cascade, Centennial, Citrus, Saz, Summit, Simcoe, Northern Brewer, and Amarillo. Uh, we could add a dry hops to this if we want to. 
Now, I, I know you're a dry hop fan because you talked about dogfish head, but uh, I uh, I have started to drift away from the dry hop. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, I think I go through phases where I get bored with uh, certain styles just because I keep having them. And so while everybody is dry hopping, I sometimes it's just like, maybe I want something a little mellower. Yeah, maybe I have to think about maybe something that not everyone's doing right now. Right. Okay. They're very Pacific Northwest problems. (laughs) (laughs) It's like there are too many IPA trends happening. I want something slightly different. (laughs) When I got hired by the the distributor, they're like, what's your favorite IPA? And I'm like, to be honest, I haven't had an IPA in like six years because I just got tired of them. They're like, that's got to change because <laughs> you can't sell beer in the Pacific Northwest without Not, IPA knowledge. Yeah. Like every, like every bar or restaurant, at least 50% of your handles have to be IPA. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, I was like laughing as a, as another sports aside, um, cause they did the, so I went to the soft open of Providence park and so uh, Merritt Paulson said that, I, I forget what he said. He said something like if we won the cup in 15, uh, that he would open a basically like a beer bar in the park, mm-hmm. which he, he, fo- he followed through on. And we, they named it the double post because of the uh, double post oh, save. Oh, God, the yeah, double yeah, post it, save. It's the whole thing. Anyway. But so it's and it's always had like a really good selection. It's usually I think they have like fourteen taps or something like that. It was usually like three ciders, um, probably like five of something else, and then the remainings were IPAs or ales. And I went and I'm like, oh my god, this is seventy five percent IPAs. So many people are gonna be pissed off about this. I am not one of them, but <laughs> I am so happy. There were so like there were so many different things I wanted to try. Um, so, yeah, last night I had a uh, Freem Golden IPA, which is, like, I, I've had that before. It's one of my favorites. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I get to drink this at a soccer game. <laughs> but, yes, 50% of all the taps uh, or 75% if you're the double post in Providence Park. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we're going to skip dry hops on this one. I think this might be the first beer we've done we haven't done dry hops on. So I'm interested to see how this one turns out. And that actually brings us to the end of this recipe. So here are the stats we came out with. Uh, We're at 6.4% ABV, uh, 35 international bittering units. So it's not, it's got some hop to it, but it's not, it's definitely not a punchy in the face with hops. And uh, an SRM of 10. So this is a really interesting beer. That'll be fun. Now, how do I try it? Because you're like, that far away like uh i will i'll probably i need to figure out how to get some of this bottled so i can send it to you i i've got a i've got a bottling wand that works with my pico i just have not tried it yet okay but uh yeah i will uh i'll definitely i've got i, I do have a i do have a batch uh fermenting right now so i'm gonna try the uh, bottler with that and uh, get that worked out and i'll get a couple bottles of this one uh, set aside for you once we brew it all right so that sounds really good of course the final thing is we got to name this yes so what what would be a good name for a wicket themed beer I feel like it has to involve something bloody. <laughs> or, I mean, you could also just call it Murder Bear. Well, you suggested Murder Bear, and to me that needs to be an Imperial. Not not the Imperial Army, but the Imperial Style. Mm. It's a little too more powerful. So, I would call it Freedom Beer, but an Ewok. So, Yub Nub. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. The Yubnub Pale Ale. Perfect. I, I, yeah, that's, that's perfection in a name. 
Awesome. So uh, we've got this beer uh, made here. Listeners, as always, you can head over to TashiStation.net to see the recipe we use to plug it into your own uh, Pico Freestyle Crafter. And uh, after you order it, let us know what you think. Uh, This will be the next one I place on order. Okay, Dave, that was awesome. We do have some questions from some listeners to uh, pose to both uh, us and you, if you uh, still got some time. Hello? Whoop, there we go. Did you... Oh. Yep, still got you. There you are. Okay. Okay, so we yeah, got... I've got time for questions. Awesome. So, uh, we've got a couple of questions from Diana here, and the first one is definitely right up your alley. Um, what D&D classes do you think the sequel kids, Finn, Rose, Ray, and Poe, are? Ooh. Finn. Um... Let's go with Poe. I feel like Poe's going to be a bard. Maybe that's because of how people play bards. But like a Valor bard, if we're going to be in 5th edition. You know, kind of into the whining and dining. Um, a little bit, you know, he's got that kind of energy in my mind. Uh, Finn. Finn, I almost want to do as the reluctant. Um, he just kind of... That the concept where you stumble into a class, so maybe he's not really a great fighter, but that's what he is, and it's more about his spirit than um, his specific skill set. Oh, I like Ray. That. Ray, I'm gonna go um, probably monk, um, and you're eventually gonna have to multi-class with with her because. Uh, Obviously, she's a Jedi in the end, but uh, uh, I would start with a monk with her and then probably slap on some, uh, you know what? I might actually, with her, I'd probably slap on Warlock. Oh, interesting. Kind of to represent that she's made a pact with ancient Jedi um, and has gained her power in that way. I, I dig that. And then I, let's see, was Rose offered? Yeah, Rose was offered. Well, I'm going to cheat on that one because they just did the, uh, the Unearthed Arcano that allows the, uh, um, oh, what's it, starts with Artificer, um, the, uh, the one that infuses items in magic, um, and it is kind of a, uh, a skill, a skill user that also has magic, so, um. I'm just going to cheat and use that in this case. I like it. I like it. Now, I'm uh you have a uh, you have a site I believe where you offer story uh storytelling and narrative advice. You want to plug that? Uh sure. I uh I write about D&D and short fiction at fullmoonstorytelling.com. Um it was uh, cuz blogging is basically who I am. Um I started that when I Repicked up D and D with the uh, fifth edition, so um, it's got some short stories and some mindless narratives, and it's basically our campaign log and diary. Oh, that's uh, really cool! Well, awesome. Um, shifting back to more sports stuff, Diana also asks, "What do you think of this mid-season competition MLS just al- announced with Liga MX?" No. Yeah, the, that. That's the uh, the too long don't read version. Oh, uh, it's lame. It, Sorry. It's not even like Super League <laughs> where you had to qualify to get in. Uh, to me, this is just a friendly, and um, I'm the guy who once upon a time started the phrase "trophies not friendlies." So uh, I think teams should put put their effort into winning trophies. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I don't understand why you would want to subject MLS teams to even more midweek games in the middle of the season. Uh, not a fan. Uh, but all of us can be happy because three of the four MLS teams are from the West. So the good news is Whoa. three teams will be even worse off this year. <laughs> ah, there are silver linings everywhere. <laughs> it's true. Um, as a tactical thing, do we think there's 
I mean, when we see these midweek games, that's where we see a lot of the USL call-ups. That's the silver lining, I think, is getting some of the the USL guys and kids, as it were, um, some more playing time with the first team, which is always a good, fun thing, I think. Yeah, Houston already said publicly, their coach said publicly that he's basically going to use Rio Grande Valley players for this secondary tournament. Uh, so yeah. And, and they're going to lose. Badly. Yes. Yes. However, you know, we're, we're, we are very uh, supportive of the USL on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I just think that, I mean, if they get, if it's some mix of, of folks, even if it's like second string bench players for the first team playing with USL players, I think that's a uh, that's our silver lining is just getting a little bit more uh, exposure for those folks, even if it doesn't necessarily play out to more exposure for the USL. Um, it's just always exciting when you know g- g- give people opportunities and and see what they can do. Yeah, I mean the lineups are definitely going to be even bigger punts than early U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so <laughs> okay. Uh, John asks, how much do you think the Sounders' high attendance and fan base size was a result of launching right after the Sonics' departure? Ugh, dagger through the heart. Thanks, John. Uh, I actually think it had more to do with the, uh, the corporate dollars and involvement than it did the fan base. Um, there's not really a, a strong overlap between MLS fans and NBA fans. But there is a very strong overlap between available dollars at the corporate level. So uh, if they'd already budgeted for sponsorship, it makes it a lot easier to uh, to say, well, we already budgeted for that $10 million in suites and advertising and, and whatnot. So I think that really helped the, the business side launch successfully. But the like TV ratings overlap and and whatnot, I, I just haven't seen evidence that it exists. Gotcha. That's fair. I was going to say, it, it overlaps in Portland, but that's because that's that's all we have. We've got those two things. So the MLS and the NBA. <laughs> so finally, uh, and here's an open-ended question, who would be your Star Wars starting 11? And I guess, uh, w- um, what... Uh, f- what f- numerical formation are we going to use here? Well, I think you got to go 4 2 3 one because <laughs> most every team's using that nowadays. Yeah, I'm, I was I'm going to say, four, we two, don't three, have one. to get crazy. I don't think we necessarily have to assign people positions. I feel like that makes it so much harder. Oh, I could be, but I also, could make it some, live your make life. It fun. <laughs> so, uh, your keeper, who's your keeper? Ooh. Like who's who's got good hands? Um, Chewy. Chewy. He's big, he's tall, he's a motherfucking wall. Uh, yeah, Chewy, Chewy is a keeper I could go for. Uh, okay, your back line. Uh, s- center backs, or your central defenders. Ooh. Uh, Well, I'm going to cheat. Uh, let's go with the Imperial Guard for both of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I dig that. Uh, your outside backs. I I believe that outside backs are attacking players now. Um, they're fast and nimble. So I want on one side, I want BB-8. Oh, I um, love it. And then on the other side... Um, who is that little flittery flying guy from uh, Phantom Menace? <laughs> Watto? Yeah. Sure. Okay, Watto was an outside back. I mean, he can probably get up and down. He can probably get up and down the uh, flank pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, your two holding mids. Oh. Um. I mean, a lot of dirty work's done there, so I feel like Wedge Antilles is one of your holding mids. I could see that. 
Um, wow. I wish I'd prepped better for this one. It was, um, it was right there for me to, to do the research, but, um, I'm going to go, uh, I kind of want to go with one of those guys from empire that was manning the cannons. I know I'm not using the name character there, but I've already cheated and done that um, as well. But I, I kind of feel like the guy manning one of those uh, those cannons on Hoth um, should be a holding mid. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, those uh, cannon emplacements. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm I am so cheating. Uh, we'll, we'll go with uh, we'll go with uh, Bren Derlin, played by uh, John Ratzenberger, Cliff Clavin. Perfect. Okay, uh, you're attacking mids. Um, the the center mid because he's the center of everything. Just um, ask him. It's got to be Luke. Oh, I love and, it. And I'm gonna cheat, and I'm gonna just go to the original three right across the uh, right across that. Um, Leia on the right, Han on the left. Um, just because uh, to me that <laughs> that keeps it easy. Um, and got chemistry. Yeah, they know they they know each other, and and Leia's uh, you know putting her on the right is a little understandable. She's you know she uh, she's got some leanings towards governance, um, and then Han is a free spirit, definitely chaotic, out on the left. Um, so that works by me. That I love that attacking band. Okay, finally, uh, our striker up top. Ooh, you, you, you want potent? You want somebody who knows how to finish things off? Um, I'm gonna go Anakin. Oh, Kree Darth Anakin, because he's ruthless. Ruthless, clinical. You put him in front of a target, he'll he will complete the mission. I I agree with this starting eleven. That's perfect. It's a great answer. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it uh, for our questions, Dave. Thank you so much for coming on and and uh, joining us here. It was a ton of fun. No, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh. You, Anything you want to plug? Where can folks uh, find you again? Uh, you can find most of my reading, or my writing, sorry, reading. You can find me reading at the local pub. Uh, no, you can f- find most of my writing at, um, what would be the best place? Let's do wearetacoma.com. And that's just the big letter R. Awesome. All right, uh, Keeks, you got, you got uh, anything going on with Book Wars Pod? Yeah, as always, we're potting book warsing constantly um <laughs> yeah we just finished up uh battlefront to uh twilight squadron so that was a great book um if i'm not mistaken that dropped today thursday whatever the day it is it, is it the 30th today yeah it is it indeed is. out in the feeds right now <laughs> great yes that is a podcast i'm on um yeah, and uh, we have. I think the contest is still going on. Don't quote me on that. Um, but go like us all the places, and it gets you entries for on Rafflecopter for uh, all the shit that Kate and Chris got at Celebration. So that is very exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the usual stuff. I do this and I do Book Wars Pod, and I uh, drink beer and watch soccer. That's basically it. It's a simple life, a rewarding I, life. It is wonderful, and it's not raining in the Pacific Northwest, and why would I ever be doing anything different than those things? Awesome. Uh, Nancy and I are recording a new Mouse Droid tomorrow. We're obviously going to be talking about all of the Galaxy's Edge stuff that came out this week. Uh, TSR uh, dropped earlier this week. Go check that out. Otherwise, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, Brewhouse is brought to you in part by uh, you, our Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash Chashi Station. You can support this show on others on our network uh, just by getting in at the $1 level. Gets you access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack. Uh, you can find this show on the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed as well as the Tashi Station Brewhouse feeds on all of the normal places you'd find podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all next month. So long, everyone. Mm-hmm.